0: I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Uh-oh. Do you feel crazy a little bit sometimes when we're doing this? <laughs> we don't hear the music, but only in our heads. Yeah. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Station 19 After Show. And I am Linda Entry, and, of course, I'm here with the lovely Sahai. Hello. Hi, Linda. So what were your thoughts, overall thoughts of this episode?
1: You know, it went in a different direction. I, for some reason, I thought it was going to focus on the fact that Andy was back a little bit more, but this was jam-packed with like reveals, lies, new secrets, daddy issues. It was a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't expecting it to be so jam-packed. I was actually emotionally preparing myself for Andy's return. And it wasn't any of that. It was it was actually heavier between the mom stuff, the abuse stuff, the denial stuff, the relationship stuff. It was just a whole lot. And I was like, wow. It felt like longer than an hour. You know what I mean? Like it felt like way longer. But we'll just jump into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we open up with the calendar. They have to sell 3,000 calendars at $25 a pop. And uh, they're all looking at their months and a little bit kind of insecure about being December, being October. And I thought the one with Jack as the the farmer was hilarious. Um, (laughs) And then um, I just thought it was a great idea. So we see Andy walk back in, she sees the calendar and the mood changes a little bit, right? A little bit more heavy, less laughter, but she's really touched by the fact that they've done this for her dad. Uh, and she's like oh I obviously am going to need the case um, and in the same time we also see Ben come in and Sullivan is there and right away he's like if you have a problem with me you're going to need me to get my coffee first. What did you think of the opening scene?
1: Ben had me dying in this episode because he was like McGruff but the crime cop like he was going to Get down to the bottom of this case no matter what. He was not letting up on Sullivan at all. He was on him, like white on rice.
0: Yeah, he was. When he said that line to Miranda where he's like, I'm right, but I'm also righteous, and like scurried out of the room, I was like, oh, wow, Ben, this is a whole side of you that I have not seen before. Yeah,
1: he was determined, but, you know, he he his heart was in the right place, but... It turned out different than we all expected.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, We see Maya and Dr. DeLuca, they're hot and heavy, making out in the office. And then Emmett interrupts them. And lo and behold, we meet Maya's mom for the first time. No warning. Uh, She's like, I'm here to see my uh, captain daughter at her firehouse. And like, who are you? Are you one of my uh, daughter's firewomen to Dr. DeLuca? And she's like, no, I don't work here. And then she's like, oh, are you her doctor? She's like, well, I am a doctor. So I thought that was the first instance where does Maya's mom not know that uh, she's bisexual, right? Because it was like a weird thing, put the Dr. DeLuca in a weird thing. And Andy was just staring at her mom in shock and more shock, like, why are you here, mom? And a lot of anger but i thought ooh there's an issue underlying issue there that that we haven't seen before and that maya has not addressed did you agree
1: yeah i think the mom threw me off at first cuz i was like she looked pretty young for a mom it wasn't it was like her gray hair was the thing that really made her look older but um her relationship to maya was really surprising but knowing that maya is struggling with the fact that her fathers uh stern ways kind of made her the woman who she is, I wonder if she doesn't respect her mom because her mom took that abuse for all those years.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, So she's basically kind of uh, hostile towards her mom. And she's like, I don't have time for this. We're doing a spaghetti fundraiser for Pruitt. Like, why did you come here? Uh, You came with a bad mouth dad, like, I don't want to hear about it. And she's like, well, no, I want to apologize for the abuse. And Maya's like, what abuse? I don't even know what you're talking about. Like, wh- you're being a drama queen, she called. She says, Maya says drama much. And when the mom said that she was literally in crisis mode, I was like, Maya, how are you not hearing what she's saying? Like, you're not hearing what she's saying because it's going to shatter who you think you are as a person because of the result of how your dad treated you, right? So instead of being able to empathize with her mom and say, hey, listen, her mom looked broken when she came in, like looked scared and broken like a battered woman would. Um, and abuse comes in many shapes, way and forms. And I was surprised that Maya couldn't see past it. Yeah, when she said he never
1: hit us, you could tell that to her abuse looks like one thing. But it was really empowering to see that the mom was one, getting help, two, made a change no matter how long she'd been in that relationship, and three, was able to speak up and explain to Maya, hey, you may not see this, but for me, this is how I felt. And so that shows that she's definitely grown a lot, which is, was really empowering to see.
0: Yeah, I thought so too. And I thought it was um, telling how much she must have grown where she wasn't reacting to Maya's hostility And even though Maya didn't want her there, she continued to stay there because she needed to tell her story and to explain to Maya, this is what happened, whether you see it or not. So I just thought that that was really like a powerful background to the hostility that Maya was giving her. Uh, And then we see Miller. So we see Dean helping this beautiful girl with the, the earring stuck in the back of her head and she's flirting with him, but he is not seeing it. He helps her. And then she sees the calendar, buys the calendar, slips the number to him. And then good old Vic comes out and basically is like joking around, like you need to get back on the horse. You need to start dating. We find out the background where he hasn't dated, had sex or anything since he got this baby. Um, But then he jabs at Vic where he says that he doesn't move on um, at the speed of lightning either. And I thought it's interesting because he says he lashes out when he is stressed and, and uh, doesn't know what's going on. But I also think he has to consider too, he has his newborn and he's a new father. So that's going to change the dynamics of how he gets down, gets down, you know?
1: Yeah, I think it was um, interesting to see him kind of lash out like a spoiled brat in that way. It, because he can't judge Vic for her decision. Like, Vic didn't have the same situation as he did where someone left him. You know, one, her, Ripley died. That wasn't by choice, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with Dean. His baby mama left oh, because she wanted to. So the fact that Vic and he have different ways of kind of coping with things, it was interesting to see that he was so judgmental. Because we don't normally see Dean judgmental in right. that way. But you can tell that's how you know he likes her, because he's, he's real uh, picky about what she's doing outside of him
0: that and then i'm going to jump ahead just a little bit when he talked to her about the calendar and he's like why am i naked and then you're in this oh like tight spandex thing i was like excuse me what 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 did you say he was like
1: spandex
0: yeah it was a little comment but i was like that's a comment you say to someone you're interested in
1: Mm-hmm. Or also it kind of reminded me of like a controlling boyfriend in a way, like controlling what you're wearing, like why is your outfit so tight? I mean, Vic has a nice body. She could have been on a in a full on bikini, but she was in her leotard with her leggings, which I thought was super funny and cute.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, we see Andy and Jack, and Jack is like, "Where have you been?" like, "You have not come home in forever. Like, where have you been?" And she's like, "Oh, it's complicated." And he's like, "Well, how is it complicated? It's just an address." um and then he's like is this about us is it about our history like he gets all into that and we find out later why he's thinking that way but in this moment he's just thinking hey you're trying to avoid me and why and she says no it's sullivan Uh, i'm sleeping there because we got married and just like that she drops the bomb
1: girl bombs were being dropped all over the place with this marriage reveal yeah really it was sweet to see how Jack was so concerned about like where she was and her where her her well being. He didn't care about, you know, their past. He just wanted to make sure she was okay. And he called her out about that marriage girl.
0: He really did. And and we'll we'll get to that too. So uh they're going to the first emergency and she says, uh, it's crazy that she's married. And he says, No, crazy is two exes moving in together. What you have done is disturbing, he says. Um, and then he tells her like she's grieving. He, she basically should just get this annulled. Do you realize you married your boss? Like all of it is wrong. And she's like, no, I don't regret it because my dad got to walk me down the aisle. Um, and that's a memory that I'm going to always have. And he's just not seeing it. He's like, no, you're grieving. And you did this out of like panic because you're replacing your dad with Sullivan and that's not okay.
1: Yeah, here we have a second person who is obviously taking, doing some therapy as well and having their own reveal. So they're like finding out truths about themselves and able to see truths in other people similar to Maya's mom.
0: Yeah, Uh, so we get to the first emergency and the station 19 attached to the search and rescue. Uh, knowing that there's some structural damage to the building and it's a bowling alley. And we first meet Walter, who's stuck under the pin gear. Older guy, been had this company for 50 years plus. Uh, he talks about his relationship to with Dean, about his relationship with his son and how he wasn't always a good dad, but he did his best. And therefore the dad ended up not being a good dad to his child and chose drugs and alcohol and all of that over his child. And you knew in that moment that he was dying. Like I knew in that moment that he was not gonna make it. And so when he talked to Dean about, I've lived my best life, I've done the best I can, these children, they're just starting their lives, go and save them. And Dean's like, no, I don't roll like that. Uh, I just thought it was a great moment because Dean being a new dad and then getting this advice about being a dad from someone who's about to lose their life and you're just starting your life with your child. I just thought that was an amazing, powerful moment.
1: Yeah, it was crazy because we don't have many deaths every week. Like usually something happens and the person is rescued. So I was like, no, I didn't want this guy to die because his granddaughter was there. It's a bowling alley, like kids were having their party there. so. It was so sad to see like the way he went, especially like Dean was on his way to get more help and then we hear that crash and I'm like, oh, it's so sad.
0: Yeah, you're right. They usually do get rescued. They're really just slapping us with the death this season, I'm (laughs) telling you. Uh, We also see in the emergency Emmett and Emmett freezes and he can't, he has a panic attack. He says he can't go back in. So he's assigned to triage and I thought Oh my God, he's coming undone, and he's not going to be able to be a firefighter. And guess what? So I have a prediction. I'll say. Well, I don't know if I'll save it for like next time. I'll just save it for right now. I'll say it right now so I don't forget. But I think that you know the quid pro quo that Sullivan has with um, Emmett's dad mm-hmm. is gonna, and then how Sullivan now owes him one. I think mm-hmm. it's going to have to do with Emmett and Emmett getting like reprimanded for not doing his job when freezing and like maybe getting kicked out of the firehouse or whatever and then Sullivan's gonna have to save his career because it's the quid pro quo does that make sense interesting
1: yeah I just thought like last you know we saw Emmett last time come out of the closet so I thought he was just like living his truth like I don't want to do this job anymore I am done this is not for me and it just came out that way but Maya was not having it and she was very annoyed with him but I'm just I was really surprised I was like wow what's going on
0: yeah I mean I think that last week yeah him coming out was one thing but he hasn't quit his job so he's still there so I don't know if he's living his best life but this this week we'll be telling and to see what happens moving forward for him being like a coward in this moment was it was a big deal, especially because there were children and stuff involved. Um, so we see all the kids hiding under the table. We see that Andy and Jack get trapped in with them. We see how great Andy is with the children and how she really uh, nurtures them and protects them. And then that's juxtaposed to uh, Jack, who's freaking out, having his own mini panic attack because he's stuck in there and he wants to get away. And we, we I think he's flashing back to um, the apartment building fire that where he was trapped and all of that stuff happened to him. And we hear Andy say that she thinks that he does have PTSD still, but we do find out that he's dealing with it and he's seeing Diane and he's working through his issues, plus some other issues. So there was a lot to unpack there.
1: Yeah, I was surprised that that's how that scene went. I thought we were going to focus more on the kids and maybe something was going to happen with one of the kids or, Mm -hmm. you know, most of the kids out and one was going to be left behind but to see Jack like you said become undone like that was very surprising for me especially since he he was just giving Andy advice about what to do with her life and suddenly he's like falling apart so yeah it, it shows you how quickly something can trigger you and switch up your emotions
0: absolutely absolutely um What's great about this is that we know that through the emergency, they're able to rescue all the children. Um, And then we see that Jack is like, you know what, go. And Andy's like, no, we came together, we leave together. Uh, And then on the outside, we see how Maya is still frazzled by her mom showing up. So she's ultra determined and she's ultra focused and a little bit mean, like angry, I'll say cause she's snapping at everyone. Um, And then when she has to rescue, well, she doesn't have to rescue, but she's helping get Jack and Andy out. And she's like breaking down the wall. You could see that she let out all her frustrations on that wall um, and all that anger. So they get out, uh, fire's contained. And uh, we see that, that, okay, I think there's gonna be more to dig into with the Maya situation and, how she's dealing with denial because she's in denial in my opinion right now. Totally. I think she, It
1: you know, Maya's dealing, still reeling from the death of Pruitt and having to kind of fight for her job. She's on this call with kids. That's stressful. And now her mom is there. She didn't think she was going to have to be dealing with her childhood issues about her dad. So it totally caught her off guard. Mm-hmm. And you know, your, your daily life, you don't really think that you're not really thinking about your past that way. So I think, you know, similar to, to Jack, where it, it was triggered, Maya's mom kind of triggered her. And, and Yes, and stuff.
0: yes, absolutely agree with you. Uh, we see Jack going back uh, after this whole emergency with Andy. Um, and Andy's saying, you know, I'm going to turn you in to the captain because you're PTSD. And he's like, yeah, but I'm getting help from Diane. And Andy, I thought it was interesting because she kind of made it about her. She's like, well, what do you talk about with Diane? Uh, Are you talking about me? And I'm like, "Uh, first of all, he doesn't have to tell you nothing. That's his therapy session. Calm down, Andy, it's not all about you, but you're grieving, so I guess it's okay because you're not in your right mind right now. But he does tell her, he says, yeah, it's kind of about you. It's about women who can't love me back. It's about sex, it's about the love stuff. All of that. So when he said, "Yeah, I'll mention the PTSD to to, to Diane," uh, I was like, "You know what? Yay, Jack! Good on you for working on your mental health." Yeah, Andy is so self-centered at times.
1: I was like, "Girl, this is therapy. Is not about you. Maybe a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's like he's trying to work on himself. And you have caused some issues, but it's not all about you." But again, I think she's that's her her way of coping. Right? Everything becomes about her that's how she protects herself and kind of works on healing and makes everything about herself. But it was,
0: it was so funny. She hasn't
1: been at work in how long and here she goes right back the same old Andy.
0: Same, same, same thoughts. Um, but what she does do is say she finally admits that she's a mess. Um, and then I thought Jack's response to her was interesting because she's like, yeah, you know, maybe I should go talk to someone. And Jack's like, yeah, you should talk to your husband. Ouch. I was like, that's a ooh. mic drop. Mic drop right there.
1: I was like, ooh, he was like, go talk to your like, husband. Oh.
0: Seriously. Uh, and then we see Captain Ben, and not Captain in the sense of fire chief captain, but but I'll no, I'll say like Detective Ben. So Ben pulls up on Sullivan in his office and he wants him to pee in a cup he's calling robert by his first name you know he is not messing around uh and sullivan's like you know you're way beyond the line you're crossing the line and he says robert again he's like robert i'm not crossing any lines you're the one that um has crossed lines here you he asked him why did you become a firefighter um and you stole drugs from PRT which is a felony you made me falsified documents which is a felony uh you were commander of multiple houses and you went out high which is criminal at the very least he he was like going off i was like oh go ahead then um and then he's like what he say you put everyone's life on the line he says and he just went off and i was like oh okay
1: Yeah, he, he totally did. And he really made um, Sullivan question a lot about himself. It was interesting to see them interact in that way, but the whole peeing in the cup and not even letting Sullivan go to the bathroom, that had me dead.
0: Save. He's like, yeah, you're not going anywhere. I need to witness this. Um, but what was interesting to me is how he talked about when he said, why did you become a firefighter? And Sullivan said to save people's lives. Um, in like a life or death situation. And he's like, yeah, but you're putting people's uh, lives in jeopardy by being a drug addict at work, which was an interesting point. And then when he says, um, excuse me on my notes, more notes here, when he says, what kind of man uh, did your life make you? Hmm. I thought, wow, that was powerful too. You need to do the right thing. Cause if you don't, I'll do it for you. And you need to turn yourself in and you need to report yourself, all of this stuff. So he was really on the righteous path. And he was, like you said, really making Sullivan take a look at who, the type of person that he is. And I actually think at the end of it, he ended up helping Sullivan so much because he doesn't have to live with all the secrecy that he had, including marrying um, his subordinate in the same firehouse he was was able to let that all off and that has to be a relief for him
1: yeah you could see at the end that he was totally relieved and it helped andy too in a way because they didn't have to keep that secret um anymore together so that was really interesting but all the things that he was like first you got to talk about the addiction and the overdose and the marriage i was like lord it's like sullivan you've been real messy these days
0: right and then also involving the proby and the proby being your boss's kid all like he laid it all out there and when he talked about uh the three type of rule followers there's ones that follow the rules break the rules to save others and break the rules to save themselves and you're the type that breaks the rule to save yourself I was like go ahead I'm just going to listen to you preach for the next 20 minutes because that's exactly what he was doing
1: Yeah, I really liked how he broke down the three types of people and who follows the rules and those who don't. Also, um, stay tuned for our news and gossip segment because we have some details about how Andy and Sullivan are dealing with the quarantine. So
0: stay tuned. I love it, love that. Then I'm gonna go back to Sullivan um, and Ben because there's an important part a little bit later on, but I wanna get to the flashback first because that sets up the rest of the episode. So we see Ben in a flashback with Pruitt at a bar um, and they miss the old bar and they want the bar to be back. And Ben asked the same question to Pruitt. When did you know you wanted to be a firefighter? And Pruitt's like, since I was seven years old. Um, and they talked about being a great firefighter versus a good firefighter, firefighter, which was exactly what Ben was dealing with. So a good firefighter is also a team player because it's always about the team and making sure your team is safe. A great firefighter is thinking about themselves and wanting to be great, right? And we see that um, uh, with Sullivan a little bit and we also see it with, why can't I think of his name, the chief's name, Emmett's dad. Oh, Dixon. Yeah, we see that a lot with Dixon, right? And that's what Dixon is about. So uh, he talks about Ryan and, and feeling sorry about Ryan but what he also talks about is not the goal for him is not being numb and not becoming numb in the situation. And Ben is like, yeah, I'm finding myself that way too. Like I do become numb. Like, what do you do about it? And Pruitt says, talks about this one story where it was the one and only time that he became numb when there was a DUI. Uh, the kid got pulled over point, pulled over and blew a, one, a 0.12 and uh, earlier in the night, but was released. And then later in the night, he ended up killing a family of five, um, spent only a night in jail because he was the mayor's son. And why is because the cop wanted the quid pro quo, right? He wanted to be able to say that the mayor owes him a favor. We fast forward now, right? So we now know that Bennett's come clean to Dixon and Dixon didn't, I, I mean, I wasn't expecting his, his response, Dixon, through the he's like, well, if no one knows it didn't happen. And, um, but if you report, then you're gonna lose your job. Ben's gonna lose your job. The PRT team is gonna be gone. Oh, and we'll throw Miranda under the bus because it's in conjunction with that host, that's her hospital over there. Like he he was playing politics, which I thought, wow, he can flip it like this. That's disgusting because clearly it's about you and your power. And he doesn't want to have a scandal on his first year of being the boss of everyone. I thought it was disgusting. But Ben Ben had his light bulb moment, realizing that the cop who cashed in the favor was Chief Dixon. That
1: reveal to me blew my mind because did you think it was someone else? Like when when, uh, Pruitt told the story, I was like, who could it be? At first I I was like, who is the cop? There's no cops, Brian's dead. So I thought it was someone who was going to currently be a cop. But girl, it was Dixon's old shady self. Like we already hated him and now we hate him more.
0: Facts. And I forgot that he was a, a cop. I remember now after they gave us the reveal that they told us he came from uh, policing to firefighting but was more political but man that dude is shady and then to top it all off he flipped it again and said Sullivan you owe me one and I won't forget this and that's why I said earlier the one that is going to be owed is going to be for Emmett somehow Emmett ha- is a stepping stone for power for Dixon and Sullivan's going to be stuck in the middle of that for sure for sure for sure, for sure, because he wants his quid pro quo. We want the favor, and I am sick of him already, Dixon. Yeah. Do
1: you think because he comes from the cop world and is not like a, a firefighter who came up through the ranks like everybody else, do you think that's what makes him so uneasy about his job and all the decisions he makes? That's why he's always like on edge about like uh, make, impressing his bosses because he, he the way he got in.
0: Yeah, and I think that he's more of a law and order guy and a politics guy. He cares about climbing the ladder um, and playing the politics and law and order of it instead of uh, the other side, which is the firefighting side where you're about saving lives.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Um, So then from that we have, let me go to here. Uh, We have the spaghetti thing. And spaghetti uh, fundraiser again for um, Pruitt. So, we had a lot of things going on. We had the calendar raising money for Pruitt. We also had this spaghetti fundraiser. Plus, we saw Miranda come by and she had a whole thing from the hospital donations for Pruitt's funeral. We find out finally that Dixon approves the funeral of uh, Pruitt, which I thought was a good thing in the midst of it all. But he only did it because he's like, I'm busy. Like, don't talk to me about this again. They kind of wore him down, not because he had a great heart. Uh, but we're gonna have a great funeral for Pruitt at the end of the day, which I think is important and great. And at the same time, we see at this spaghetti fundraiser, uh, Sullivan and Andy. And Sullivan goes over to Andy. His his weight is unlifted or lifted, I should say, and Now he just wants to tell the world that he loves this woman and that it's his wife. So he tells Andy everything that happened. Everything's out in the open, and he wants to get it in the open. So he turns around, makes an announcement. Hey, we're going to have um, this wonderful funeral for Pruitt. And also, by the way, Andy and I are married, and so this is kind of like our wedding reception. So the faces of all the firefighters, was priceless to me like I felt they should have done that in slow motion because you could just see all of their faces were they were shook girl they were shook
1: they were also not impressed like Vic was like oh you know Jack was over there like "Mm." and everyone was like had a slow clap like okay what should we be doing with this information no one was visibly excited which what. Suck when you tell people you're married. Also, uh, don't nobody want no janky spaghetti reception for their wedding. Like, Sullivan, I'm gonna need you to uh, have a plan B because you got married in City Hall. Cool. Let's make the reception a little bit more elegant or something. Come on
0: now. With oh, the paper plates, that's hilarious. Um, what I did think was interesting to hi is did you see Andy's face? Like she was nervous, she actually did not want to tell them. And I think that Jack had gotten to her a little bit because when she said, you know, maybe it is crazy that I married him and maybe it was a mistake and she started doubting herself. But she said, I do know that I love him, but maybe it was a mistake. And then, so when he was about to announce, you could see her face like she didn't want to do it. And then when he announced, who was she looking at? Not him, she was looking at Jack and Jack's reaction. I was like, oh, this is about to get really messy.
1: Yeah, I think it it speaks to how, uh sometimes with men they hold back in the beginning but when they're all in they are all in like he is telling the world about her he loves her he wants everyone to know and remember this was the guy who was like you know denying their love for so long when she was in you know deep in it so it's interesting to see how the tables have turned and how they both feel uh differently now
0: and what do you think about her looking over to Jack uh while he was announcing what were your thoughts about that?
1: She is skeptical now. She she Now that she's out of the grief, as, you know, that she was in before, um, she's able to think a little bit more clearly. And, mm-hmm. now, you know, maybe she, you know, Andy's never alone. So it's normal for her to have someone there. But yeah. at this time in her life, I think she's like, okay, was this the right move for me to make? And she wasn't thinking like this when she was grieving. She was focusing on the grieving. Now she's focusing on this marriage. And honestly, I kind of hope it works out. I mean, they went ahead and did it. You know, Pruitt gave his blessing. I hope it works out.
0: We'll see. We'll see. It's Shondaland, so you know there's going to be some bumps in that road. (laughs) I I did want to end with uh, Maya and her being triggered and the dad rage and the mood. uh, Her denying the abuse and telling her mom that her mom needs therapy, but that she's not going to go to therapy with her. And then how Dr. DeLuca uh, tried to explain how, you know what? It's not normal to live on eggshells. And she gave an example of her dad and her dad's uh, uh, mental health issues. Um, but Maya's like, no, I'm not in denial. I'm pissed. I'm a gold medalist. I'm the youngest uh, fire captain. And I'm the only female fire captain. And so she bases her whole self-worth on how she was raised and what her dad did to her. So instead of her, for example, um, when she had to walk 20 plus miles home because she didn't beat her own record, uh, she came in first, but she didn't beat her own record. They were like, "Um, you see how that's abuse because that's abuse.
1: Yeah, that was um, surprising for Maya to like open up like that. I thought she was gonna continue to just shut down and uh, to see her finally open up to Karina, which I think is really a good relationship for her to have someone like Karina who's who's dealt with a parent that's had some issues. And Karina always comes from a very caring and
0: open place. I think they're perfect for each other. I, I agree. Uh, let's get into some, what do you want to do? News and gossip or do you want to do shout outs from the live chat?
1: Um, I'll do shout outs from last week. Okay. Okay, so thank you guys for watching and commenting on our last episode. We have Blue Shadow, Dama Plate, Gemini 3, of course, Hey Girl, Uh, Station 19 fan, Joshuana Washington, Butterfly Girl, Angela Williams, Nicole O'Brien, Fandom Domination, and Tia Diaz. So you guys are in the comments. We love it. You keep us on point, and we appreciate you.
0: I love that. And let's also get into some news and gossip.
1: Yes. So Sullivan, aka Boris Kojo, did a takeover of the Station 19 Instagram this week. And he did a live with Miss Andy, Miss Jana Lee Ortiz. And um, they answered one of your questions, Linda, that you asked. Like, how are you doing in quarantine? And Jaina said that she, uh, quarantine has been very peaceful for her and quiet, and it involves meditation, working out, cooking, and FaceTiming with friends to keep connected. She starts her day with five minutes of med- meditation to kind of like lay the groundwork for her day. So I thought that was really cool. That's to find, awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. And then Boris uh, said that he and his family have dinner together every night. They also play games together. They do puzzles together. They bike ride together. They work out together. He's also doing a lot of reading and writing and getting his thoughts out. He says the benefit of the quarantine for him has been that it's given him time to work, you know, on himself. And all of us have been given the time to work on ourselves, which we Mm -hmm. never get time to do. So you guys can watch the full uh, Instagram live with Jaina and Boris on Station 19 Instagram account.
0: I love that.
1: Did you know that their uh, couple name was Sorera, like Sullivan and Herrera? Hashtag Sorera. Like no. I no, I did not know that either until it was all in the comments. So yes, girl, that's that's their ship name.
0: Tell tell me it again. So that Sorera,
1: like Sullivan and Herrera together make Sorera.
0: Sorera. I can't roll my r, so that's gonna be really tough for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it was. Also, one more thing, so you know the calendar that we've been seeing, um, mm-hmm. they're actually giving one calendar away to a, a lucky fan. Uh, when he did his live, uh boards posted a picture of he and Ben, and they had to write a caption. So on Monday, they're selecting the winner. So it'd be interesting to see who actually wins one.
0: I love that. And that is the perfect segue to my Firefox, um section. I'm not gonna do facts because I'm going to do, I'm gonna stick on the calendar um, theme because that was really the theme of the show. And do you know that firefighter calendars are actually still a thing? And they're really, really popular. So I pulled up three photos of uh, a firefighter calendar that I thought was crazy. So the first one you guys are gonna see on your screen, it's Fire Rescue Dogs 2020. And it's three hotties, uh, two of them all tatted up, but they're all holding little puppies, shirtless. Um, so that's the first one. And it's called Lifeline Puppy Rescue. Firefire calendar, uh, benefiting. Yeah. The Lifeline Puppy Rescue. Lifeline Puppy Rescue. Um, the next one picture you see is two hotties, two girls, uh, Mirabai and Tracy and they're in their little sexy outfits, and they have puppies under their arms as well and they have like a fire in the back. And then the third one, this guy looks a little bit like Travis. His name is Ryan, he's from South Metro and all I can say is he's got the hat on and the puppy in his hands and that's all you need to know. So guys, make sure you're looking at that. But yeah, the calendars are still a real thing.
1: I love that. Speaking of firefighters also, I found a video, you know how people are doing that don't rush challenge? Yeah. Found one of all these like chocolate firefighters, I think in like Jackson, Mississippi or somewhere. I'm going to put it in the comments for everyone to see because it is cute. They even put their chief in it at the end.
0: I love that. I love that. Definitely put it in the comments because I would love to see it. Uh, guys, we love you. Another week, another jam-packed episode. Make sure you're liking and subscribing and commenting. Sahai and I love interacting with you guys every week. If you have any news and gossip that you, you have that you want to share with me, share with, with Sahai, uh, please do send that out to us. And until next week, same time, same place, we'll see you here. You can find me all across social media at Linda so and Sahai. You can find me at say hi, Sahai. hi. Till next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs>